4321. Hi, Kelly. Hello, I'm Kelly Lawton, and I am absolutely delighted to introduce to you a man that I'm just meeting for the very first time, but I've but his reputation precedes him. His name is Mir Ezra, and Mir, I understand you're a philanthropist, a business owner, a father, a husband, an adventurer, an inventor, and many more things. So I'd be grateful if you could please tell us something about yourself as well as your business or your businesses. Okay, so about myself, um, I'm an Israeli. I was born in Israel um, and I was born with my two feet pointing backward. So, wow. yeah, so I couldn't walk. Uh, I was in cast for six years, up to the age of six. And every three days they will cut the cast and break the feet to turn them around. So they managed to turn the feet around, but they destroyed the ankle. And the doctor said that I will never walk. Um, uh, fast forward uh, to the age of 18, I got to the Israeli army. I volunteered to the most... Uh, difficult unit in the Israeli army. I became a, a diver. We, the course was two years. We started 4,000 people. We ended 21 people after two years. And this with that condition. And all of this has been done because the spirit is the boss. And you can have two viewpoints on life. You either serve the body or you use the body. And I had the viewpoint that I'm using the body, not serving the body. Body um, serving you. Exactly. And uh, so I was in the Israeli army for six years. I was a diver. Then I went to the Far East for a year, opened a business. By the age of 31, I made my first hundred million US dollars. And since then, yes, and since then, I opened more and more businesses. And people started to ask me, how am I doing it? Wow, what's the magic? Indeed. And um, I explained that the magic is that um, I realized at a very, very young age, actually at the age of three, that the spirit knows, and as long as you don't interfere with what you know, everything will be okay. With what you know. Yeah. As long as you don't let anyone interfere with what you know, as long as you don't you or someone else come and tell you you don't know. You are the one that knows. I'll, I'll give you a story so it will give some feeling. When I was three years old, yeah, some of it I remember and some of it I don't. So I'll tell you what I remember and what I don't. So when I was uh, three years old, I woke up uh, one day and I crawled to the radio because I had the uh, cast. <laughs> so I crawled to the radio and uh, the radio did not open. So I crawled to my uh, father's uh, small place where he had some tools. I opened the radio from the back, looked at the radio, took a vacuum tube out, went to my dad and I told him uh, this vacuum tube needs to be replaced. So he looked at me and he says, how do you know that, it, that this is the vacuum tube and not some other part? And I up to here I remember, I don't remember the rest, the rest is my family tells me. Uh, and he said, and I answered to him, what do you mean, how do I know? How do you know your name? <laughs> of course I know. <laughs> and since then, I just knew electronics. I never studied, never went to, never, never studied. I just knew I was fixing radios, TVs, uh, building system, etc. Just because I knew. 
not because someone taught me. So later on, I realized that the only process, that the true learning is actually a process of removing something that I called fake reality and not adding data. Learning is not adding data because you've been at school for, I don't know, 20,000 hours from the age of six to the age of 18 and nothing, it didn't change anything, yes? <laughs> you don't actually remember anything for 20,000 hours. So I say that uh, actually learning is a process of removing fake realities. And once you remove all of these blinders, you discover that you know. And that's what I specialize in. I'm, I have all my businesses and I'm running businesses, etc. But I have another thing that is my hobby. And I'm teaching people by letting them discover by themselves. And it can be from nuclear physics to quantum physics to spirituality to business to parenting to anything. I never teach, I never give data. I actually get the person to remove data. And so he discovered that he knows. And the result is what tells you if you know or not. Not if you have a certificate on the wall. The results, can you double your income? Can you double your profit? Can you actually fix the relationship with your kids? Can you actually create a successful marriage? That's the results. So it's very different. So it's the removal of data. Fake reality, the definition of the word fake reality is a piece of information that you're 100% sure is correct, but when you use it, it doesn't bring the expected result. So every time you don't have the expected result in your life, you obviously rely on some kind of a lie that you are sure is true. Otherwise, you wouldn't do that. So, for example, a person behaves in a certain way and he thinks, if I would be tough, the relationship would be good. And he's tough and tough and tough, and the relationship is bad. And he can see that the relationship gets worse and worse and worse, but he cannot find what it is because he believes it's 100% true. That thing is not what's wrong. Everything else could be wrong, but not that thing. But that thing that is sure is right is the thing that's messing him up. Hmm. And there's a specialized way to spot fake realities and remove them. And then you can see that, that sometimes you look at a person and you can see for sure, like if he would change only that thing, everything would be good. But he cannot see it in himself. Hmm. So that's the fake reality. So all I'm doing... I'm teaching in a different way where I get the person to discover that he knows by removing fake realities. So basically, I'm rehabilitating your native ability to know. That, that knowingness that you had at the age of three. Ooh. Yeah, that's the knowingness that someone just know how to play piano. One day, he just know how to play piano. He's two, three, four, five years old. He cannot speak, but he can play piano. That thing, the spirit knows, the spirit knows everything. And as long as you don't suppress it, everything is okay. Mm. And if you suppress it, you need to remove that suppression. You need to remove these blinders and then things start to operate. Wow. So how do you think it's possible for small business people right now to be able to move in that direction, be able to make some effective decisions that are so crucial yep. right now. Yeah, it's very, 
yes, the, what's happened with the corona, uh, the corona, I said that the, um, the corona is a very specialized virus because it's only virus in the universe that get transmitted, not physically, but it get transmitted by fear. <laughs> it's contagious <laughs> by fear, not by physical means, yes? Mm. And what does it mean, fear? What's, what, when I say fear, what I mean, the word fear means an inability or unwillingness to perceive. When you cannot perceive, you're afraid. If I do, if I do, wow, and you don't want to look, so you're afraid. So what you're afraid of, uh, if you're afraid of something because you don't look at it, what you're afraid of usually do not exist. So if I'll pay you a cent for every time you've been afraid of something and you, nothing happened, you'll become a billionaire. Because you always, almost always, what you're afraid of do not exist. So the first thing business owners need to know uh, is they started the business because they, they somehow became similar to the fear of what will happen if I will fail. Yes. And right now, everything around them convinced them that they need to be afraid. I think that for business people that are not afraid, the corona will be the best thing in the universe. I and my students make more money in the last few months than what we've done in a long time. Because unlike everyone, unlike everyone, we are not afraid and we know what needs to be done. You see, there's no competition right now. Right now, there's no competition because most people are afraid and they do nothing. They're frozen. So what do you do? What's the basic principles of success? Number one, you need to know, and uh, I don't want to spoil your game, but uh, you need to know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> At the end, it will be okay. By the end of the game, it will be okay. Everyone will be fine. Yes? Thank you. It will be maybe difficult, but it will be okay. You will survive. Nothing. It's okay. So the first thing you need to know that it will be okay, yes? Uh, and the second thing that you need to know that at the time of crisis, everything needs to be magnified. Everything has to be much more. So if you used to send 100 emails, you need to send 100,000 emails. If you put one advertising, you need 1,000 advertising. If you, whatever you've done, you need to increase order of magnitude and everything with communication out. The number of communication out will define how rich you will become. Not the quality, the number, just the number. Quantity is in order of magnitude more important than quality. Wow. I had a friend that came to me years ago uh, and he came to me and he, he showed me this wonderful, amazing brochure that he prepared. And at that time, there was still paper. And he, this paper was unbelievable, glossy and beautiful and everything. And uh, he told me that he's going to send it to thousand pieces like that. I said, why only thousand? He says, because um, each one of those things costs $499 times thousand. And he had $5,000. And that's why 1,000. But he said, look, this is such a quality that the response will be really good. I said, what will be the response? So he says, I'm estimating 10%, 100 people. I told him, here is what I suggest. I suggest that you take toilet paper, 
and print it on toilet paper and print it not 1,000, but 1 million pieces. Is this toilet paper? Are you crazy? I said, no, I'm not crazy. How many people will open it? will read it. It says, well, because it's a toilet paper, 1% or open 1%. Well, okay, 1% of 1 million people is much more than 100. And he did, he sent it on a toilet paper, not a toilet paper, but something that really, really, really dirt cheap, black and white, dirt cheap, but quantities, like unbelievable amount of quantity with the same $5,000. He became the most rich, the, the richest person in Cape Town. Ah. By that, in, in the richest in his area, yes, not overall, yes. So it, just by that, because he continued from that time to do this very low cost paper, low cost advertising, but quantities. High volume. High volume. Number of communication out, define the income. Your income is defined by the number of communication you put out. And it is quite fascinating. You, you, you can understand it if you want to understand. The principle is space has been created by taking points out. You put communication out. So space, you've got space around you. So you've got eight points and you have a space, yes? Uh, now, the bigger the space, the more people you include in your space. Okay? Mm -hmm. The more people you anything that is in your space, you are the god over. I'm the god, the thing that I have in my space. I control it. I tell what, to, what happens with it. I decide if I see it or not. I decide if I go to it or it's come to me. I decide what's going on in my space. I'm the god over my space. God, not mm -hmm. as the real god, yes? Like I'm the controlling factor, yes? Mm -hmm. So the bigger your communication, the more communication you put out, the further it goes, the more people you have under your control. And the more you control, the more people listening to you, the more you touch people, the more income you will have. It's brilliant. It's just the number, not the quality. Don't try to do this amazing, unbelievable, uh, Instagram uh, story with the, no, just take it. If you are shaved or not shaved, whatever, just Thank do you. it. Thank you. Just I've been struggling it. with technology, but hey, we're just we're just doing it. Thank you. Just do it. Just, it's brilliant. not important. It's not important. I have I have customers. I have uh, I put out uh, an email. I just put the email out. Sometimes with spelling mistakes. Sometimes it's half Hebrew, half English. <laughs> I, I send out communication. It's better than waiting for the perfect email that uh, will be super perfect and yes. I will send one email blast instead of 20. So more communication, more communication. This is number one. Number one is more communication. The quantity is more important than the quality. Mm -hmm. And the, most people don't know it and most people fight this idea and so they're poor. Rich people communicate a lot. Rich people knows a lot of people. Why? Because they communicate a lot. They go up. They do. It's all communication. Action is communication, etc. So that's the first thing. The first thing you need to do is to communicate. Mm. If you will communicate in order of magnitude more than what you used to, and all, like 50, 60% of your day, should, you should be busy with 
how can I communicate more? Okay. 50-60% of your day. How can I communicate more, more, more? Find ways to communicate. Don't, don't, don't waste your time on handling administration and nothing. Just communicate more. Once you have money, once money starts to come up, then you can handle communication. At the beginning, when you just start, communicate, 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 communicate more and more and more. Go find, put, put notes outside. I'm here, I'm selling, I'm selling. I, this is what I'm selling. The second part is you need to use survey. You have to learn how to survey. And survey is not asking question, do you like this, yes or no? Survey has a very specific knowledge that you need to learn, and you need to learn three things. How to find something that's called a button. What is a button? When I have a button on a remote, or on a computer, or any button, when you press a button, you expect a specific result, yes? Yes. People have button in their head. They have things that, um, if you find what, what this thing that interests people, what is their button, this thing caused them to look. So for example, if you want to buy a car and you decide that you want to buy a Mercedes, all of a sudden you see 20 Mercedes per day. And before that you didn't see because it's your button. So every group have button in, re that in regards to any subject. So you can take a group and say, uh, well, you know what is, you can find out, there's a way to find out. What is your button in regard to yoga? And you, what you will guess will probably not going to be what they say. You find the button, if you find the button, then you will see that it will be boom. Yes, it is. I'll give an example. Please. Many years ago, uh, there was a friend and he was a veterinarian. And uh, he came from a rich family uh, and his father bought him the practice and gave him money. And he was really trying to, to prove that he's good because he was a Jewish uh, guy. And if you are not a doctor, not veterinarian, if you are not a doctor or a lawyer, you you're not worth anything in the family. You need to be a doctor or a <laughs> veterinarian is kind of a lower form. <laughs> Although it's not true, but that's, that's the viewpoint. So anyway, so he was trying to prove himself and he was really working hard and trying to prove himself. So he, he started to promote and he tried to promote and he tried to promote and he did all kinds of things to promote. So he came up with an idea, you know, uh, in Cape Town, there's a lot of ladies that are with dogs. So when they will come to the practice, I will give them free manicure pedicure. Didn't really change anything. He came up with another idea that uh, what dogs need is a, a better um, washing system that would be at higher quality. Didn't really do much. He came up with all kinds of ideas and it didn't really do much. Mm -hmm. So one day he sit with me, I'm sitting in a coffee shop and he says, you know, Mayor, I'm trying everything. I don't know, people, I think that people just don't like veterinarian. <laughs> I say, that, but there are many successful veterinarians. So he says, yes, but maybe I'm in the wrong place. So he's inventing excuses, yes? And I told him, you know, we need to find what's the button and what's the message that we need to give. And if we find that, if we do a survey, you will see that you will become the biggest veterinarian ever. And he says, so how do you do that? 
So I explained to him how to do it, and, uh, and we went and he did it. And what he found, what he found in the survey, that actually owners of dogs are really, really have one button, which is fleas and ticks. Oh. Fleas and ticks was their button. This, this is what was the button. So I said, okay, fine, this is the button. This is what worried them. But what, what about it? Are they happy about it? Are they upset about it? For example, if you want to buy um, a fertilizer, you can buy fertilizer for few reasons. Either that you want a beautiful garden or you want to kill the freaking bugs. Yes, it's totally <laughs> different viewpoint. Yes, so you communicate it differently. So we found that they are really upset about the fleas and the ticks. So we put a very small ad in the newspaper. At that time, there was no Facebook and so on. And we wrote, fleas, 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 and ticks too. We killed them all. Died, blah, blah, blah. This guy became an overnight success. Why? That was the button for these people, for the majority of the people, more than 80% of the people. Fleas and tick was the button, and they were pissed off about it. So we gave it in the correct tone, in the correct uh, emotion, and they came like, it's, it's a magnet. It's just a magnet. If you know how to survey, you create a magnet. So number one, you need to come out. Number two, you need to do a survey. And the third thing, the third thing, probably uh, even more important than all of that, um, it is to be unserious. What do I mean? What do I mean unserious? Most of the people think that the word seriousness means uh, to do something diligently. But I have a different definition for that uh, word. What I mean uh, with the word serious is mean doing something for fun and not in order to avoid pain or punishment. When you are unserious, when children are serious, they're doing something for fun and not in, and not in they're not doing it in order to avoid punishment. When, when you are serious, you think your thought process is like that. I have to go to work because if I don't go to work, I will get punished, I will not get salary. And if I will not get salary, I will get punished. I will not be able to pay my rent. And if I will not be able to pay my rent, I will get punished, I will be kicked out. And I don't want to, go to be kicked out, so I go to work. It's very serious. It's terribly serious. You know, it's like heavy, life is heavy, yes? Like how, how serious can you get? dead serious yes mm. like you when you are dead that's the point that you are most serious and when you are born it's the point where you are the most unserious everything is beautiful lots of opportunities there's no punishment you, children don't understand the, the risk on anything because they're unserious they are really happy and you will see that when you were young before you got uh, let's say uh, serious before a person gets serious you see that somehow he has money and everything <laughs> happening, and it's not even explain how, but somehow everything goes his way. And unless you're serious about something. Those areas in your life that you're serious about are areas that you fail at. Mm. Those areas in your life that you're serious about will be the areas in your life that you will fail at. So if you will force yourself to smile, or any area that you will force yourself to be unserious about, it will be an area that you will do well. 
Now, there's a whole knowledge about all of those things that I'm giving you really quickly, but communication art, about survey, about how to become unserious and why do you become serious, etc. But, and, and of course, you, you can come to one of my seminars and you will learn this thing. But the general thing is, if you just understand these three things and just think with them, whatever happened, don't take it seriously. Someone punch you, say thank you. <laughs> like, I was expecting to this time. I was expecting that punch all my life. Like, really become unserious about it. So, in order to have a problem, what is a problem? A problem is force counter force, yes? So you, someone pushing you, and you are serious about it, you're pushing against. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're pushing me, and I don't push back, you cannot create a problem, because there's nothing to push against. Mm -hmm. When a person is not serious, nothing can hit him. <sighs> when you are serious, you're becoming a moving target, and a magnet for problems. Wow. So you see that you are as alive as you are unserious. And you can restore life to anyone by introducing to him that idea and getting him to remove seriousness. There's an actual reason why a person becomes serious and you can remove it quite easily. And I can say that within an hour I can teach a person how to become unserious and his life will change, totally change, from one side to another, just by this one thing, be unserious. Whatever happened, kiss it. Hmm. I said that there is a law that uh, defines success. Your ability to win and lose with the same level of enthusiasm will define how successful you are. Hmm. You have to be able win and lose with the same level of enthusiasm in order to be successful. Brilliant. I love yeah. it. So this is just small ideas on few things that you can do right now. Communicate, figure out, survey, survey, survey. And someone can contact me and I will teach them how to do a survey and I will help them with the survey. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to learn how to do that. Uh, so you need to learn how to do surveys, you need to communicate, and you have to. More important than the communication art, more important than the survey, more important than breathing, be unserious. Unserious. Wow, those are really tangible things that I think I will, I will start today. I will do that today. Yep. Wow. It's basically force yourself to smile. Force yourself to smile, and you will see that if you force yourself to smile, all of a sudden the whole world starts to smile and help you. All of a sudden, the whole world starts to conspire to help you smiling. Wow, that's, this is amazing. Um, Mir, I have a question for you. The industry that I've worked in for the longest time is the shopping center industry. And as we all know, shopping centers have been already going through very significant change prior to the pandemic. And of course, the pandemic has hastened a lot of what was already happening. Could you give me your thoughts on, on the future of the shopping center industry? Yeah. So I think the shopping center industry um, will have to look at what is their actual assets and how they can actually utilize their assets. So what they think right now that the asset is, is a shop that pay rent. 
that's how they make the money, shop that pay rent. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, if, they, if they will become, uh, on the one hand, of course, there will be shops. Shops will not be go- not, not going to go away. And people will realize very soon that this is a, not a pandemic. This is just a flu. And, uh, and, and the reason why it sounds so bad is because someone wants you to think that it's bad. Mm. Um, because if, if, if I will show you the actual facts again, uh, around what's happening, you'll see that it's, it's total nonsense, yes? It's total nonsense. Uh, but that aside, uh, shopping centers need to learn two things. Number one, any business that rely on one source of income will always be in a major danger. One source of income, it means that uh, you have shops, you get rent, that's the source of income. You're a shopping center, you have a lot of people that um, you work with. Uh, you, If I was a shopping center, uh, other than having the shops, I will become a marketing company, the biggest marketing company in town. Why? Why I have all of these clients that uh, that have clients, and they need clients, and I will do marketing to each one of those people. So if they are not in my shopping place, in the shops, I will still market them, and I'll get I'll make sure that people get to them online. So shopping centers, all of them need to become amazing marketing company. That's number one. Number two, uh, if I was a shopping center. I will make sure that I become a delivery company as well, always. And why? Because I already have so many clients there that I can deliver for, and I will choose the clients in such a way that it will help me to have more deliveries, and I will create a delivery company that will deliver to my shopping center, but also to others that are not awake enough to create it. So if this is what I would do, and I will come with more ideas. What to do is by using those clients, and I see these clients as an asset. So I have those clients, they're renting shops from me, and they are my assets. What do they need that I can supply that is more than just the shop, the space? And if they will start to think like that, you'll see that in the next uh, disaster, they will not be hurt so much. And in this disaster, the faster they will start to establish themselves uh, into more businesses that somehow um, the current customers that they have will help them, the more they will establish themselves in those areas, the faster they will grow. Beautiful. And this is always consistent consistent with what you just said for small businesses. Yeah, communicate, marketing. Communicate, more communicating. Delivery. Small businesses. Yeah, delivery, communication. There's so many amazing solutions if you did not decide that you lost. If you're unserious, oh, someone punched me, thank you. Let me see how I use this punch. (laughs) So unserious. So, okay, regardless of the size of your company or the size of your asset base, same, same ideas. Always same ideas because the laws of the physical universe are the same laws. So 
it always works. People tell me sometimes when I go to coach people, they tell me, well, you know, my company is different. Your company is not different. <laughs> oh, I'm in a different country. No, you, it's all the same. Yes, of course, it's a little bit different in culture and so on. But the way that people work is the same. They get upset, they get insulted, they get happy, they get excited, they get uh, enthusiastic, they get conservative, they get antagonistic, they get angry, they get uh, in fear, they get uh, in griefy, they get uh, etc. They go through the same level of behavior regardless if you are Jew or Christian or Chinese or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. It's just sometimes they have a different dress on, but underneath it's the same machine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, Mayor, I know that you have uh, an event coming up this Sunday, May 30th. And yes. I created a little banner if I can figure out how to put this on the screen. If you'd on like right to talk about side. it. Yes. If you'd like to go. talk yes. about it. Yes. So um, I have a friend, um, her name is Ray, Ray Indigo, and she's a very famous and successful uh, yoga teacher from Miami. And um, she started to, a few, few months ago, almost a year ago, she decided that she's not going to teach yoga anymore uh, because she decided that um, it does, what, what she thought yoga will produce, the result that she expected, was not happening and she went to all the different teachers around the world and she employed them privately and she realized that despite everything, there's no results. Mm. No actual result. People can do wonderful poses, but their life are falling apart. They, mm. they don't survive. They are hungry. They, they don't survive. So how come you have that amount of supposed knowledge that is so amazing but the results are not following, so something do not add up. Mm-hmm. And she decided that she's going to either find the answer or she's going to stop teaching, and she took a break, and she didn't uh, teach for a few months, and she started to look for teachers. And somehow, I don't even know how, she arrived to me, and um, I spoke to her for an hour. I was in Italy at that time. I spoke to her for an hour and she said, okay, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. I didn't know that she already watched all my videos on YouTube and so on. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want to hire you privately and I'm not cheap. I'm exceptionally ex- expensive. But she hired me and she paid a lot of money. And in the first lesson that uh, we had, it was, I think, two, three hours. Uh, she said that she learned more than she've learned all her 20 years of learning in the past and the result that she got, the immediate result that she got was just unbelievable. And since then her business goes up and she really realized uh, that she was right. Uh, that was, there something was missing that she didn't know there was something missing. So fast forward, forward a few months, she came to me and she said, look, I, I want to, I used to teach the sutras, but I know that after I've studied with you that something is missing there. I want you to look at them. So I looked at them and I said, there's no way to understand those sutras because there is something that's missing. The way that they are presented right now is not the original form. And so she says, so how do we going to find the original form? I said, I would develop a method to recall 
the original form. So I developed a method that I'm going to take all my students, all the people that will be on that um, seminar that I'm going to do, that they will recall the original form. I will not teach them the sutras. They will recall them. The same like I did, the same like I showed Ray. So they will recall the sutras and by that I will actually get them to know rather than to parrot something. Um, so I'm putting, I've put together a series of uh, webinars where uh, um, I'm going to teach those uh, sutras. At the beginning, it's, it's, a, it's a series of few free webinars, so you will, whoever will come will understand that there is something to learn and they can actually know. And once they realize that they can know, then we will have a 300 hours a, a series of webinars uh, that it's uh, that they will get by the end of its certification etc but it will be at three levels level one level two and level three and in those levels there will be a very specific end phenomena to each level so when you come to that level I'm promising you to deliver that end phenomena and if you didn't get that result you don't pay me I pay you Wow. Yeah. Is this, if, if I'm capable of understanding what you're going to be teaching, is this something that's going to help me move forward in business as well, as life? In business, in life, in anything. It's like basically the end result of this that uh, you can be the, you will become the magician of your life. You will say, and so it will happen. Mm. Wow. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah. I'll put it Good. back on the screen. In case anybody yeah. didn't get it. Yes, so Sunday, and uh, you can register by going to www.mayorezra.com forward slash yoga. So www, my name, M-E-I-R-E-Z-R-A dot com forward slash yoga or lowercase. Forward slash yoga. Yes, see if I thank you. Right. N e i r, e z r a, dot com forward slash yoga. Mayorezra dot com forward. Excellent, perfect. Excellent, More good. Than, thank you. Perfect. We did it. Yay! Wow. Yes, well done. <laughs> thank you. Oh, one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mir, thank you so much. This has been so thank valuable. I, I hope that anyone else that's watching this has got as much out of it as I have. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I will definitely be there. And uh, anybody that knows me knows that um, I love to learn and um, I can't wait to learn about these Yoga Sutras. This is, this is very interesting. Thank you also for those valuable tips for business people moving forward, especially now. And yep. um, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.